I like it. Just keep going. I got a lighter up. Yeah, ready to go. Stop. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's been a while. Hi, I'm not Megan. Yeah, and this uh, Megan did not get a uh, voice box removal into a deeper voice. Um, the voice you hear on the other end right now is that of Matthew Dishner. Uh, Matt is um, with us today. He traveled all the way down from uh, Pennsylvania to be with us. Hey, now. Matt, I would say, would be our number one fan. Um, you listened to all the podcasts, and I've, I went and tried to find the number one fan and flew that person down there. You want a trip down here? <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, that's what I was looking for. No, Matt is actually, we, I've brought him up a couple times on the podcast. Um, he's also known as Dishner. Uh, that's his last name. Um, so if you want to Google him, go for it, and you can probably find him on Facebook, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out there. <laughs> so, um, no, but Matt's actually in town. Megan is out this week. She, um, I think this week she's actually going somewhere with her nana, um, with her grandmother. Um, but Matt was in town and said, hey, I want to step in, and I can do a better job than her. So you're going to give it a shot. I don't know about doing a better job, but uh, I'm usually the first one to click on the podcast. So <laughs> now I'm officially on the podcast. So so does, does that mean that you're going to listen to it after we get done? I think so. Okay, cool. We'll as long as I get the it. number one spot, I'm good to go. Matt is down here, as I said, from uh, from Pennsylvania. You're here for about four or five days. Right. Um, and you got in late last night. It wasn't um, that late. It was 11 o'clock p.m. Well, for normal adults, 11 o'clock is <laughs> not that late. <laughs> I like to be in bed early. Um, Jake... Jake had to drink two cups of Lucy's Brew. I did. We drank two cups of Lucy's Brew. Before we get into all that, before we get into um, how I met you, who the hell you are, everything, okay. like, everything like that, um, we do have our winner that we have to announce for our Vitamix. Uh, all right. We're yeah. going to announce that in the middle of the show. Um, and then we will also announce um, uh, who's going to win this week's uh, awesome prize. Matt, tell us what they will win, but we're not going to tell you how to do it yet, and we're not going to tell you how you know it when it's going to happen, but what are they going to win? This week's prize is, a, is an interesting one from the things you've given away before. Uh, this week's prize is a squatty potty. Yes. And uh, for those out there that listen to Howard Stern, uh, they're a major probably sponsor. two of them. Yeah, there's probably not that many. <laughs> um, I'm definitely one of them, but uh, squatty potty is a major sponsor of Howard Stern. Uh, squatty potty is a stool. That you put on... Pun intended. Yeah, uh, you put... <laughs> very much pun intended. That you put under your feet that uh, kind of relaxes you. Yeah. And uh, puts you in a better position. We'll talk about it later. Um, yeah. I have one. I absolutely love it. Um, we'll get into the gory details of it. Uh, but yeah, keep listening. I think we're... I'm going to give away, you know, three. We'll give away three. Sounds good. Maybe more. Maybe less. No, okay. definitely... Definitely not less. I don't think I can technically legally say maybe less. But we're definitely giving away three. Okay. And That's we'll perfect. And we'll tell you how you we'll, can do it. We'll see how it goes. Awesome. So... So... Matt Dishner is um, is my probably my I hate to say this into in front of his face, but probably my best friend in the world. Um, Matt, I've known since freshman year of college. Um, yeah, if you want to get really technical, probably of May of two thousand one or June. May, well, I June knew of I knew of you. We didn't actually formally meet until the summer of that. And that's a funny story too, because uh, before we actually met, we didn't like each other. Yeah. Uh, very long story short. Um, we were both recruited by a, uh, a college soccer program to, to play. Um, and we didn't even play the same position, but the coaches kind of, you know, said, kept telling me there's this awesome guy from Roanoke, Virginia, that's going to be on the team and I should really train extra hard. And on the flip side, yeah, he's telling me the same thing. There's just, there's this kid from Newport news. He's a defender. He's, you know, he's really tough. He's going to challenge you. So I'm pitted up against him. And this is... Uh, this That's is when I had hair. This, you did have hair. Long, beautiful, blonde, blonde flowing hair. Yeah. Um, 
but this was 2001, have you? So there was no Facebook. Um, there was there was nothing but like news articles and yeah. minor things on the internet to yeah. really stalk someone with. Yeah. So so Matt and I, and we'll get into we'll get into even more of the story here in a little bit. But Matt and I have known each other for now. You said 2001. So that's 14 years. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, to 14 think about. years. So 14 years ago, we started you know playing soccer together. Uh, but Matt came in last night at a at 11 p.m. Right. Very late. Um, I was. Like I don't even watch. I never watch TV, so I actually had to watch like three episodes. I watched Tosh Point oh, um, <laughs> and I made him stay up for three. Po- yeah, you know, for, for three episodes. For episodes. a drink afterwards, because I was trying to wind down. Yep. After I, on a plane. after I picked you up, we came back here and I played a little ukulele for you, serenaded you, and just had uh, two beers. And it was funny. We actually, I remember looking at you and saying, "This is crazy." I'm having my first beer at midnight, which you know, you could say either happened in college or it didn't happen in college. Usually, it probably did not happen. No, in college. we definitely had beers at midnight. But I yeah. don't think there was ever a chance it was, it was your first. Yeah, very rarely was our first. Actually, I digress. After soccer games, yeah, when we would get back late from a, from a bus trip. From a bus trip, I mean, that was always, always the coolest time. You get back in from a bus trip, it would be like two o'clock in the morning, and you either had a good game or a bad game, whatever, and you just weren't ready to go to bed. And so you know, you'd have a beer, you know, or a case waiting for you when you get back, and right. you could go to bed. And the sun came up, so yeah, um, there was plenty of times that we were going to bed as we were watching people walk into classes for yeah. the first time uh but this this podcast is not about uh uh you know just you know, old drinking games and old drinking habits which we can get into although um, we do have a pretty interesting question that's gonna question uh, that we're gonna answer later that actually has to do with drinking and the health of it as well um so you know matt and i uh you know grew up through i mean not grew up but uh Hung out through college, became friends through college, stayed in touch after college as I moved down to Florida. I think you were right. Grew up together. Yeah, you could say that. Uh, it was, Just I, so happened it was 18 on. Well, I talk to people about this a lot. And um, the the ages, like obviously from zero to you know, 16, 17 or, or you know, in, in impressionable. But I, I forget. I was just talking to somebody. The ages of like 18 to 22, like those when you do have to go to college or if you don't go to college, you do something else. But those kind of like four years are... They're they're really impressionable. Like they like when I when I'm like running or I'm doing something. Like a lot of thoughts go back and migrate towards that time because I think it's for us that we we're very fortunate to go to college. That you know it's kind of like that freedom that went with college. Not so much like the studies. And I'm and, and you know all jokes aside, you know uh, we did both graduate on time. Uh, but it's more so of kind of like the social experiment that was college i mean you know from i just remember of literally the first thing that i just remember seeing was like oh my god everybody smokes when they want to right walking around campus like right on front of their you know yeah and these are kids that we were just in high school you know the year before and i even did it the same thing i would you know i was like i don't have to answer my parents if i want to have a cigarette at 10 o'clock i can't right do whatever you want and so um so i you know that was kind of like the first thing i you know i was like oh i'm gonna smoke a little bit because i can and um that didn't last long into my life um you on the other hand you had a bad habit too which was oh smokeless tobacco smokeless uh, tobacco or dipping yeah Yeah. and so how long did you do that for well see i I dipped in high school um it's disgusting by the way yeah much to the chagrin of my parents uh i definitely got in trouble uh multiple times for it uh i was grounded multiple times uh it actually uh, is, one of, the, it? is one of the few things that my parents still bring up that they were really disappointed. Oh, and wow. that's a, that's the worst word that your parents say. It's like, I was disappointed. What, what, what was it about the dip that like kept you coming back? Uh, I, I tried it for the very first time when I was a ninth grader. Um, were you hooked immediately? I was the only freshman on the varsity team. Um, and there were some senior guys that were doing it. 
so I kind of felt if I could do this, yeah. you know, it was one step in the bonding ritual of males yeah. when, when it comes to uh, athletics. So I tried it. Uh, I got sick the first time, uh, much like I've watched many people do. And I used to laugh when I would try to get people to do it. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, you know, it, it became something that I thought was cool to do. And then it grew into, when, I think I want one. And yeah, then when did I that, think when did that I happen? might need one. When did that happen from the first time you tried it and then just kind of doing it because everybody else would do it to the pe- fact of like, oh, you know what? I'm by myself now. Well, I'm not around people. Let me throw one in because I, th- I, I think really the, want maybe my junior year summer, Yeah. Uh, I worked landscaping and construction. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm with adults. They're smoking cigarettes. They're, they're chewing, stuff like that. I had freedom now, to did do you, whatever did I Did you, in your mind, did you v- feel that the dipping was uh, healthier or less bad than smoking? No, I, yeah, I, I don't even think I ever took it into consideration. I knew it wasn't good for you. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my other best friend, uh, Brian, who you know very well as well, his grandfather had uh, mouth cancer. And, so, it and it didn't scare you away? So, you know, I fully was very aware of it. Yeah. He lived a mile away from me. I watched, you know, I watched the whole trans- transmission of it. My, um, my grandfather actually had lung cancer too and I continue to smoke because you're young he's you know in his 70s you're thinking oh, ah, you know I, I could get through this now but I think it's one of those things that um, you do because you're young and you don't think about uh, further consequences and or you're doing it because you're young and I'll stop later on when, it, when did you have your first cigarette I think I had a cigarette for the first time maybe in high school but I was never a smoker I never really liked to smoke I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw the, the BS flag on that one. I'm going to throw the bullshit flag on that I, one. I'd have one, you know, at a bar late night, but like a sober. We it's did. It's 10 o'clock we in the did. morning. Not, not at 10 o'clock in the morning, but we did. Um, because funny enough, this is funny, in our freshman year, you actually could smoke in the dorms. You could. Which is crazy. And our, and our third roommate did and quite frequently. Yeah, quite frequently. Um, my first one. Um, was well. Funny enough, here's a really funny story. So it was, mine was in high school, but high I, school. I don't think I ever did it right. Did you ever feel? Did you feel anything from it? No. So it was definitely like bring it into your mouth and and shoot it out yeah. just to look cool. My my very first puff actually happened when I was five years old. Um, yeah. So as I mentioned, my grandfather was a heavy sm- chain smoker, chain smoker, and he would smoke in the house. And I remember coming down the stairs, like, and this is back in Pennsylvania, and coming down the stairs, and he'd be sitting there drinking his coffee, reading the paper, and having a cigarette. It was like it was like the typical like old man thing. You look back like in movies, and you're like, that's ki- it's kind of cool. It's so terrible for you, but it's like he just sitting there, just like, and he had like a maroon cardigan, or it's either maroon or he had a maroon one and a navy blue one, and they had like cigarette holes in there. And so, but this is back when men were men. I mean, he was a veteran, correct? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean that's this is when men were I, men. Salty old Pittsburgh steel. Yeah, men. he was a steel worker, and literally across the street was you know the steel mill, and that's where we grew up. And so, I just remember coming down. He's just having like you know your cigarettes. Very kind of like you know old school type of stuff, right? I mean that's back when they had like Marble Man, you know, magazine stuff. And so I remember coming down and I always used to pretend like when he'd put it in the, like in the ashtray, cause that's where you held your cigarette, you know, you had to put it down. And so I always remember going up there, like just jokingly, like, and just jokingly take a drag. It's, uh, and I would never take a drag, but like just jokingly grab it. And so one time when I was five, I came downstairs, I was like, just like woke up or something. And I jokingly like kind of picked it up and he goes, do it. And I was, so I looked at him, I knew what he was doing. He didn't want me to smoke, but he's like, go ahead, smoke it. And so I was like, it was like my first dare in life. I remember I was like, oh my God, I'm getting dared by my grandfather. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of funny too, because there's no way that now that your, yeah, fa- yeah, your father's no, a grandfather, no. 
he if this happened to your child yeah he would have smacked it what are you doing what yeah, are you yeah. doing oh i would and if i would have found out about this it would have been the end um so i pick it up and i i, I literally take a big old deep draw within i'm i don't like just like i just because i've seen him do it and at that time my parents smoked like everybody smoked so i just went and i just remember coughing and just literally and then i started crying and then he was kind of laughing and everything and then made sure it was okay and then i was like that i was like at that point i'm never smoking again and did he say something like stoic like that'll teach you a lesson no i never said anything like that i think it was just kind of just like the belly laugh of kind of like <laughs> you know just that type of thing i never smoked again. i was like i'm never smoking again until I went to high school. And so when I was on the soccer team in high school, um, I remember uh, Chris, um, Chris Lockard. We went to school with him. And, oh, right. uh, yeah. yeah. He was the one I had my real first cigarette with. Uh, we Not were, surprising. We whatsoever. were on the way to a girls soccer game and he was smoking. It just looked so cool. And I literally, I think we were talking about this last week. I literally remember like lighting up taking that first track not crying and coughing because that was even going through my mind i was like you can't cry and cough right now because you're 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 hanging out with like a senior in high school you can't do that so i did and i remember like uh, kind of getting lightheaded and that warmth coming over your body and like at that point like i was like this is awesome so that's the difference uh in where we grew up too you grew up at the beach um and i grew up in kind of the the farm mountains side of virginia so what's what do you so mean smoke so you know mine was smokeless tobacco oh yeah yeah yeah. and yeah. You know, yours were cigarettes and it could be it could be like this for anybody else and you know where people grew up and they didn't grow up around you know cigarette that couldn't happen so right so that's when i started kind of like smoking um and then i just like you know i think that was probably like sophomore junior year and it wasn't like i'd wake up and have one right um but as we kind of like progress through college and you kind of like you know as we're going about doing our different daily you know extracurricular activities and for me I, it got more like i smoked i smoked a lot well, i probably smoked maybe like well i wonder if this was um the same for people that weren't on the east coast i mean the east coast is so tobacco friendly you know the carolinas virginia i mean richmond is a, one of the tobacco kings yeah oh yeah virginia is known for having all the tobacco farms and everything right. um but again like pennsylvania my parent like all of them smoked and it was because it was true blue collar you know what the lower, you know, the lower class of just like the lower, lower working class. So, you know, they're just, you know, they just want to take a break and have a drag. Um, and then it wasn't until I would say after I graduated that I had stopped um, because as I had stopped, as I kind of, and I've talked about this on podcasts, you know, how I lost, you know, you know, 50 pounds or whatever it was. Um, as I was starting to get healthier, I just, it was like kind of like, what's the point of having a cigarette anymore? And I remember like when I'd go out and have drinks, in college, and this is when I could tell I was definitely addicted, and I think you probably get this too. Was when you go out to have drinks, whether it was in college or whether it was still smoking, I always used to think like, oh, I need to have a cigarette tonight, you know, when I'm drinking. You know, it's not gonna be a real full night if I'm not gonna have a cigarette with it. But in no means you were never a smoker, so that cigarette helped well, take you, you to the next level. Well, what do you mean? Because that could be argued that I was, because for a non-smoker, I was definitely a smoker. Well, that's correct. I. It's not that I would like. We have a friend who would literally like wake up. Um, excellent soccer player would literally wake up and just smoke a cigarette correct he would he in my mind was, he was a an smoker. anomaly yes he, he, he a complete anomaly without a doubt all american soccer player that would just smoke all day um, who literally smoked a cigarette one time and then ran an 11 minute two mile <laughs> it was unbelievable so you know as we progress through college you know what uh, getting out of college i decided you know to stop and i just obviously you feel so much better and you know your clothes don't stink i remember um just like being at home, just always like kind of smelling a sweater or something. We're like, oh my God, this smells terrible. Well, it's impossible to smoke and drink now. I mean, if you really think about How? it. How? Well, when we were in college, all bars were smoking. 
Um, I know at least, at least well, in Pennsylvania. Well, here's the deal. I think in the Pennsylvania, because you're inside, like down right. here in Florida, everything's outside. So there are, you can still do that. Um, oh, well, but, you can, in, yeah, in Pennsylvania outside, but I'm talking like inside of a yeah. bar. You know, you have to walk outside. You have to take yourself away from crowds, yeah. out of your group of friends, out of leave a conversation. It's not as easy access as it right. used to be. What did what was your what was your what was your um, uh, uh, cigarette of choice? You you still smoke? You say no. I I still like to smoke a cigar. Oh, I see. I, I, like I said, I've talked about this too. I'm really bad at smoking weed. I'm really bad at cigars. I don't get it. I don't. It, and I, it's and it's still bad. It's not good for you. No, in no, in no means. But I I enjoy a cigar uh, a lot. No. Not a lot. I don't smoke them a lot. But, but don't you wake up like... It depends. It depends on the cigar. Ugh. I'm really bad about it. I'm, I'm just terrible. I, like, I, when I first moved down here, I was I, you know, just quitting smoking cigarettes. And then we were hanging out with some people who like to smoke cigars. Um, our friend Matt that we were hanging out with. And uh, he always just wanted to go and like, you know, get some like wine or some like whiskey. And I hate whiskey too. I just, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm a terrible man, I guess. <laughs> and so I would uh, literally... Like just try and muscle down whiskey. And I remember like smoking cigars, and I was like, I just hate this. This is terrible. Um, it's just not good. I just it just never cigars never did it for me. I understand like cigarettes. But right now, will you when you're smoking a cigar, will you inhale? I'll, I'll take a, a puff I, or two yeah, in. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean I don't. It's, you don't, expose, you don't I don't, I don't sit down with a uh, a cohiba and yeah. inhale for a solid hour. It's um it's. I don't think I could have just did that four mile run that we just Well, it's did, funny because we're going to get into that. So when we woke up, so Matt got in last night at 11 o'clock um, and we didn't go to bed till like 1230. Crazy. Um, up at, you know, six o'clock this morning. Um, and so we do the kind of old dad thing, which we'll get into here in a second. Um, oh, I did. You're, Cause you're here without kids this trip. So this is bachelor weekend for you. I am, but it was fun. It was fun to, yeah. So we just kind of played with Noah and my wife and had some coffee and, um, then we dropped Noah off at school Daddy daycare. and then we went to the beach to go for a f- four, what turned out to be a four mile run. It did. And you did, were you expecting to go four miles? I think when, uh, my phone said we we're at two miles, we were, we both kind of looked at each other like, Oh, how did, how did that just happen? Yeah. Like, we should probably turn around now. Yeah. We got to get back to the car. Um, but it's cool just the way you run. Cause like that two mile stops at like that one beach access. You can kind of look out, catch a stretch, et cetera. And so it's funny as we were running back, um, as we were wrapping it up, the, um, there was a cigarette, like a full cigarette that was not lit. So I picked it up jokingly as we were running and, you know, got, you know, gave it to Matt. And I played these games all the time. And I was like, how much, you know, if I would pay you $500 right now, would you smoke, would you smoke this? And I think you actually said maybe because at $500, yeah, you, $500, you, $500, I could have, <laughs> oh, I could have done that. But I mean, but I remember doing the same thing like in college, going for runs and like, and it's, when you get home, oh, I can you know, have a cigarette. And it's just like, oh, I can't do that anymore. The difference uh, for me, the, the run down here, the, the humidity. Yeah, it's a good. I'd like. I mean, I'd I'd love to take you back home right now, uh, to so, Pennsylvania into into some hill hills and uh, you know forty degree weather at six o'clock in the morning to. So when I was in Virginia, put two, you on an equal level. Two weeks ago, it was it was cold for me. So like at nights, it got down to like I think like high thirties, and in the mornings it was like fifties. Now again, here's the deal of like as I like to call it the north. Um, with the high that that day was like seventy five. As I always say it, the high actually happens at three o'clock or two o'clock at 75 and then like it's like 50 to 60 for out of just nowhere hit 75 at you know at two o'clock and then just drops down immediately after and like a two square mile region right and so the so i went for a run it was cold there's hills you're just constantly just like gasping for breath as you're running and so down here you know you're hitting the humidity which probably is giving you some yeah i felt i felt fine on the way out um but mile three with the sun beating in my face and yeah, I haven't felt I haven't felt 84 degrees in a long time either. So yeah. sun beating my face, uh, humidity in my lungs. 
Uh, but it brought us to a good topic of when you're on that last mile yep. or that last rep or whatever, you know, whatever your thought is on, on working out. That last chicken wing in an eating yeah. contest. <laughs> what, How you, you know, what whatever, are you going to do? Your last beer. Uh, what, what gets you through? Um, it, we, we talked about a couple things. Do you think back to your past? Do you think um, to a goal that you're trying to achieve in the future? I know one thing uh, you said was, I don't know if it helps you out, but the red light's right there. Yeah, That never, so, so that it, never helps me out, though. I was gonna, because I, I it, go, it gets that. further away the, as you run closer to it. It's funny because I thought about it, and I didn't know how it was. So I'm glad you brought this up. So I asked about the red light, and so it, that did that hurt you? No, it, did, it didn't hinder me because okay. I run the same route all the time. Yeah. So I know locations. Yeah. So I know if I pass my buddy Rob's house, I have six-tenths of a mile to go. Right. That I mean, it doesn't help me. It doesn't it's help. Like, it doesn't help you to see the end. No. Okay. Because when you see the end, sometimes if you're in your own head, that finish line gets further and further away instead of coming closer to you. I, I get that. So, so I also did this jokingly. Was kind of like you know, come on, Matt, you could do it. Kind of like, and I was jokingly being like that aggressive, you know, that aggressive motive, you know, motivational type of person. Right. Does that help you at all? You know, I've never had. Um, so growing up playing soccer, you know, you, of course, running was uh, the key training tool. So I never had trouble making it into the finish line. And we talked about what motivates you. I kind of just get in my head, this is what we're going to do and we're going to get it done. Right. And I let my mind go clear. I don't think about it and I speed it up. That's good. And, you know, I, I kind of talked to you three and a half miles. I was like, you just want to shut her down and walk it in, and you're like, "No way!" I didn't. I didn't want to do it. I but didn't want to. Then do I it. started pulling away. There, you did, because I, I was because I, I was I was just kind of like looking around, jock, and I was like, "Oh, look at you! You're starting to turn on the jets." Right, and I stopped talking to you. You did. And I I look. I mean, well, it's I, funny it's, because it's I, a prim and proper thing. Like I, I feel like I, I, I straighten up in my run. You do. You do. You prance a bit, and I look forward. I don't look down. I keep my head straight. And like I just charge for it. Well, that's good. I'm glad we brought this up because I, I tried a couple things. I tried that like aggressive, mo- you know, motivation thing. Thing because because you told me like at about like th- three miles or so, you're like, I'm gonna shut this down at about three and a half. And I was like, yeah, it's like we can do this, right? Um, and so then I w- I tried a couple different things. I tried the motivational thing, but jokingly, um, and then was asking you about things. And then I don't know if you caught this. I went into a story about like something for work, about like how I was having this one problem, how what I was going to do for work, you know, with different things. And uh, I just brought that up just kind of to see if that would, because I wanted you to make the four miles. Right. And I was thinking if I could, instead of, because you, you stopped talking probably about like at the two and a half mile mark. No, we talked all the way through. Uh, yeah, it, was like, it was starting to kind of like go right. down from yeah. there. And at that, like when we hit three, you got quiet. And then I was like, well, maybe if I, maybe... Maybe he just doesn't want to talk, but maybe if I tell him a story, he'll kind of just like you know take his mind away from it. So you were trying to initiate conversation so we could. Well, I didn't want, but I was trying to just just to talk and not have you talk because when you talk and run, you know, it takes up a little more air. So what I was trying to do was just me to tell the story to listen to get you through, which that's obviously not what works for you. What works for you is what exactly what you said. Yeah, which is funny, but that that is the exact thing that works for my wife. My wife runs Monday, Wednesday, Fridays with four other ladies. I'm sure that's not quiet. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not quiet whatsoever. They talk the whole time. And they run three to four miles every morning um, yeah. at a good pace, at a pretty good little clip, like 840 to nine minute miles. But they talk the whole time. So my wife and I went and ran on a Saturday. <laughs> and I usually just put on headphones, yeah. listen to music by myself, clear my head, and I'm, I'm away I go. She's like, so? I'm like, so what? She's like, let's talk. Talk to me. I'm like, what do we get? Like, okay, what's a Target grocery and the Wegmans list look like? I, I, I don't know what to say. She's like, well, we talk the whole time. 
So that's, you know, that's definitely people's motivation is being able to talk, not think about what they're doing and just get through things. Yeah. No, that's, um, that's, it, it, it's different for everybody. And I was thinking about this when we were going for the run. I was asking you if the motivational worked. Um, there's a lot of people that actually negative reinforcement works for. Um, we had, so, and I played high school basketball um, and high school football in a pretty rough part of town. And so all the coaching tactics were very negative reinforcement, yelling, screaming. And it, it, I shut down when that happens. I don't want to play well for you. I don't want to, I don't want to give my best if you're yelling at me and saying that, you know, screaming at me and stuff like that. I literally had like coaches who would literally like pick up basketball players, not even football players. So no pads, like pick them up, throw them up against, you know, the locker. I had coaches that would literally pick up the trash can, throw it like at halftime, throw it across like the, um, you know, the locker room and everybody's just being scared. And that worked for some of those dudes. Like as soon as that happened, like I shut down, I just, I don't want anything to do with that. But some of the guys, some of, you know, some of my buddies in there that really just brought them up to another level, then go to, we went to go play college soccer uh our coach our first coach at the time was all about positive reinforcement it was good he was hard when he had to be right uh, but it was really kind of just positive and i'm not saying i want to be coddled right i don't want to say jake you're the best you can get there but you know let's be positive about it you know two years into that we get a, a negative based coach correct for negative reinforcement and we all shut down yeah and, we, we all shut down and, and we just not what not well we went from we went from winning a uh, a league championship and two years later uh Winning two or three games, I don't, I don't, yeah, remember. I, I don't remember it. Um, I kind of shut that part off of my brain. But let's, but let's look at our first coach's coaching career now. I mean, he's, I think he's twenty years in at that school. Right. He's, you know, he's won uh, division championships in uh, division two. Yeah. And division one. Yep. You know, he's. Uh, and that coach that was there with us was there for maybe like two years, two or three years. He, and so he was, and he. It didn't work, so. He lost, um, he lost like ninety percent of his games. Right. And he, so it was just he couldn't he couldn't get on the same level as players. Yeah, exactly. And so the and I, I tend to like I, you can't use that. And I bring it back to like with with my work, you can't be like in my position and do negative reinforcement. It just doesn't work in the workplace. No. You've got you definitely almost have to coddle people, but you got to kind of really kind of. And I'm not saying coddle, but you definitely like the positive. Like guys, we're gonna get this done. And it's similar to how you were coming through coming to with that last mile. We're just kind of like getting that mindset, and I do too. And it's kind of and it's what people also talk is the runner's high, which is. And it's very meditative, actually, because there's when you're running, when you first start out. For me, when I first start running, you know, it's kind of like oh, I got three more miles left, and that's like this, and you're kind of like have a lot of stuff worrying through, going through your head, going through your head. But when you kind of hit that stride, so maybe it's like the end of the third mile, or going. In, I'm just using our mile or four mile today, and you kind of go into that zone where you're literally all you're doing is just you're focused on the end of that thing, and you're turning it up. And I've gotten into that zone where everything is moving in the body, and it's like. It's it's not that it's all on autopilot, but I can feel because I know that I said it that I want everything to work harder, and so everything's just like gradually working harder, and it's just like I have my mindset on there, and then like the pain goes away, you know the like the struggling for the breath goes away, and you're just focused. Now yeah, you turn you off you turn off the mechanism, right? You can't run for me. You can't run like your full run like that, right? Some people can't. Some people can get in that zone and kind of like stretch that four miles out that way. And I'm, I'm hoping that I can get to that point. But like right now, I can't kind of like set it at one and go and just kind of like and be there and, you know, and you know turn off that mechanism for four miles. It usually happens at that like last mile. But you talk about the meditative state. I think that is key in sports uh, in particular. Yeah. If you're a, if you're a, let's just say a college quarterback, you were the, the best at your high school you played in front of, let's say, 2,000 people if you had good attendance at a high school football game, and now you're starting at Virginia Tech. 
66,000 people, Lane Stadium. Metallic, that's, a, that's a big football Metallica, fan, Metallica, Inner Sandman plays, and you, there you are. Right. 66,000 people looking at you for what you do. You can't think about that. You, yeah. you have to turn that off. Yep. But it's the same thing as being a, a good boss in a workplace. You can't think about all the extras that are around you. You have to just kind of concentrate on well, one I, thing. I, I even bring it. it to like the, the most active thing and the sport thing that I'm doing now is surfing. So surf, you know, go out, when I go out there and surf, um, and I told the story, I think a couple of podcasts ago, um, there's, there's dangers out there, right? There's big fish that are out there. And if you're out there constantly thinking of, is there a shark there? Is there a shark there? Oh my God, is this that? You're going to have the worst session. It's not going to be fun. Um, but it does go through, you know, it does go through surfer's mind when you're out there because it's, it's a big, you're in a big body of water and you're so small. Um, and when, when it goes through your mind, like what I do when that happens, I'll either like splash some water and just kind of not so much get it out of my head, but just kind of splash some water, just kind of realize, bring it back to the present moment. Here I am. And then the best thing to always fix that from a surfing perspective is to catch a wave because you're immediately going to that flow state. As soon as you catch it and you're going down the line, it's like when all thoughts are gone and you're just doing what your body naturally does on that, on that wave. And what's your little mantra that always kind of messed with you about, you got to get out of your own way. Yeah, gotta but, get, that is. But that's that's true. I mean, yeah. if you if you want to sum up everything we just talked about, get out of your own way, get out of your own head. Yeah, and and, and especially at that at that last leg. And so, since I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, you know, of that last leg, that's what you did. Because I remember just looking over and I just saw the Dishner, um, of of college. Well, we all have a little bit more pounds than we did on college, but you just kind of like your body started to come up, started to kind of just get into that last gear, and um, yeah. So that's so that's how that's how you get to the end of the race. Very cool. Um. So now we're actually going to get into um, the Vitamix winner from uh, our last podcast. Um, we're going to be sending a free Vitamix to her name is Kathy Wellwood. Kathy, um, you get a free Vitamix. We're going to send it to you. Um, I s- yeah, we're going to send it to you. And uh, that should be on its way in the next, give us three to four weeks to get that out to you. Um, but you win the um, uh, the Vitamix and, uh, Megan usually does these and she's a little bit more amped about it. Than sorry, you sorry. I, I can do <laughs> so, that. So, I, so Kathy, she can I mean, me the papers so I can handle them. <laughs> um, it's Kathy, the one that has the good question. Uh, Kathy, uh, Kathy has an awesome question. Okay. Um, we can get into it. It's not the awesome question you were thinking about though. Okay. Let's not, no, but we okay. will. We have, we, we have to honor it. Um, so she wants to know, um, vets are late to the party in terms of natural ways to approach health versus medicating, medica- medicating and chasing disease. Um, perhaps herbal uses to support health and natural diet and how to make f- dinner for our furry friends, vitamin and mineral supplementation and the like. So I'm out. Okay. So I'll handle this one. Um, so a couple, uh, a couple years ago, Lucy um, of the famed Lucy's Brew Coffee, which you can get at the alternativedaily.com slash coffee. Um, Lucy actually had an infection in her eye. So I went to go to an eye specialist. And this is a really cool story. Um, and so I went in there and the doctor was looking at, they do all these different eye exams and everything. And Lucy's a really healthy dog, but something was just up with her eye. And they, it's kind of crazy. She's scared. They're kind of like bouncing stuff off her eyeballs. And everything. At her. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of scary. And so the doctor comes in um, and she was like, you know, right now we can't tell if it's just an easy infection. I can't tell you if it's cancer. And I was like, you use the word cancer. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't say that. And she's like, I can't, I should, I'm just being honest with you. I can't tell you exactly what it is now. We need to keep an eye on it. Um, and just kind of, you know, uh, uh check it out for the next, you know, couple of weeks. But here's what I want to give you. Um, she, she gave me 
uh, I forget was she gave she's like she, we gotta we gotta try antibiotics on this, um, and it was kind of like well, she was she was kind of as she was talking was taking more of a natural approach. So we gotta do antibiotics, and we gotta do um, uh, something else. It was, and I was asking all about it, and so I asked her. I was like, if we're gonna do antibiotics, shouldn't we do probiotics? Like, if there's definitely an infection that's caused by bacteria, um, what sh- you know. You know, and you truly believe that this is going to fix it. I'm putting, you know, I'm putting it in your hands. Um, we should do probiotics. And she looked at me. She's like, "You're speaking my language." She's like, "Absolutely. If you're going to do antibiotics, 100% do probiotics." And in addition to that, here's a supplement too um, that also helps with eye health. And I was like, "This is awesome." And so we started talking. And uh, I remember asking her like a bunch of questions. She's like, "You kind of know what you're talking about." And I was like, "Well, I kind of run an alternative health website." And she was like, "Well, which one?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, it's the Alternative Daily." And it's funny, she was, she came back, you know, she had to go get the supplements and everything and came back. And she goes, she's like, wait, did you send out an email today about the dangers of microwaves? And I kind of was like, yes. And she said, oh my God, I love that email. I signed up to your list. I've been, you know, a subscriber for the past couple of years. And do, we oh. know, do we know how she knows of us? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I say us, like I'm yeah, a Yeah, you're, you're part of it now. She, um, she just stumbled upon the website. And so uh, her name is Dr. Carmen Kolitz. Um, I go to Car- Dr. Carmen anytime Lucy has something wrong with her eye. Dr. Carmen has an awesome job. She, she treats animals. She helps treat their eyes. Um, in addition to that, she also treats seal eyes and dolphin eyes. So Dr. Car- Carmen is traveling up and down the coasts. Um, she goes to Hawaii often and does it, you know, and just helps treat, like, whether it's, it, it's animals at zoos, whether it's animals, like, along, along the coast, wild animals that definitely have stuff wrong with their eyes. She helps treat them, and she takes a really natural approach. Um, the one thing she, she suggested, Kathy, was to take a look at the ingredients of our current um, uh, 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 dog food, which was, um, I was using something called Science Diet uh, at the time, and this was, you know, I, I didn't know much about pet health. And she encouraged me to look hard at the ingredients. There was a lot of grains. There was a lot of wheat in there. And she was like, that's just stuff that, you know, dogs shouldn't be eating. They're, they're, they're supposed to be eating, you know, mice and rats and, you know, and pigs and all these type of things. And so she put me on a different brand called Origin, O-R-I-J-I-N. And Origin is, uh, it's pretty much, you could say, like a paleo-based um, type of food regimen for the dogs. And so we started doing that with Lucy. Lucy just turned nine uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and she is still catching frisbees at the beach and doing well spunky yeah she's awesome so um so thank you for the question kathy and uh, we will actually get that vitamix out to you shortly um so we also are going to be giving away this week we're going to be giving away three three squatty potties and so matt Um, jake yes do four do four oh my god all right i like i like spending your money we're going to give away five Squatty Potties. There we are. Five Squatty Potties. There we potties. are. Here we go. Um, see, I'm always up for a good dare when, when you're around. So we're going to give away five Squatty Potties. Um, and if you're not familiar with this, I stumbled upon these uh, a, a couple years ago. Um, it was actually first an advertiser for ours. And they, um, I was like, you know, if we're going to advertise, I got to try it out. Send it to me. And they sent me one. And it really is good. So what it actually does is, and I'm going to tell you from my perspective, and Matt's going to give me the science, um, is it's a basically, it's a stool that you put in front of your toilet and it actually lifts your legs up at the proper height. So if you actually think of your digestive system and your, uh, let's call it poop chute as a, um, as a chute, we'll just call it that, um, you know, when you kind of, when you're sitting there or you're bent over, you're kind of touching your knees when you're on the toilet, um, what actually happens is your 
um, your sphincter and the way where the actual poop comes out um, gets bent and gets kind of like the poop actually has to work harder. Your your intestines, your body has to work harder to get it out. Yeah, you're trapping it in your colon. You're trapping. There you go. And so, and I'm not kidding. I've, I've told this story multiple times to people. When I when I use squatty potty, you, it lifts your legs up. And it's literally, you have to push less. You, you don't have to kind of do the oh, grunt. You don't have to do all that type of stuff. I, be, I believe the way they market it is a fuller release. Fuller release. Yeah, that's probably, they probably want to say that if they're doing some ads and stuff like that. But yeah, you don't have to grunt. And um, I, uh, uh, as I've been eating healthier, you know, my, I poop more, right? You know, I poop, you know, once or twice a day, um, more regular, whether it's in the morning, Um and so the Squatty Potty is absolutely phenomenal. Um, if you've never heard of it or if you have heard of it and you want to try it, um, here's what you have to do if you want to get, if you want to get one of the free uh, Squatty Potties. Matt, tell them what they have to do to win. Well, put on the spot. Um, if you would like to win this, please, of course... You email, email us at the at, at the alternative daily no, dot com. You, you e- here's how you use email nowadays. Oh, sorry. Podcast. At podcast sorry. At, at podcast. The alternative at daily. The alternative daily. Matt had com. no clue how to win. How to get somebody to win it? I just like putting people on the spot. I. Uh, do you want to do it? Or you want I, me to do I it? I do. I do email. You do every week. Yeah. Um, some of them are funny emails. Some of them are actually trying to win things, and I I always get denied. Yeah. So you you just I'm sorry you can't win. I know. Uh, and especially now with you being on the podcast, you've kind of friend of the program. Yeah. Um, so here's what you have to do to win a squatty potty. You have to email us at podcast at the alternative daily.com. Um, and just send us a topic, uh, of something that you want us to discuss. And, um, and you know, tell us anything, you know, just give us your comments, give us something you like. If you want to say something, if you want to say a comment about the you know, squatty potty, just say hi. If you know it, just, just, you know, just email us podcast at the alternative daily.com. And subject line, though, here's how you got to do. Here's how you have to win. Subject line is poop. P-O-O-P. I like poop. See. Uh, no, you don't have to say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, unless you were just telling me that you did like poop. I do. Uh, who doesn't like to do that, right? Um, so here's an interesting fact, Jake. I don't mean to interrupt tell me, you. Go for it. As per Men's Health, which is, of course, the Bible of all facts. Not really, but Very I good. found it interesting when we were, no, look- it's a good publication, when we were looking so, at these, right, these topics. Right. Per Men's Health, one company claims, which would be the Squatty Potty Company, claims that you can remove an extra 20 pounds of poop inside your body if you properly use the Squatty Potty for your release. 20 pounds. So they're trying to say that... How, like, is that a year or what is that? That is a year. 20 pounds. You can literally drop 20 pounds by using the Squatty Potty. Those are fake numbers, though. What do you mean they're fake numbers? Because you're not just going to lose 20 pounds. we got to put it to the test. There's, resi- there's residual weight that's that's left in you, in your colon, from okay. your colon being... But if you're getting it out, that's 20 pounds. It is. It, it can be. So they're claiming that you can actually lose weight by propping your feet up and having at it. Um, they say most people carry carry an extra five... Have you used one? Have you used... Look at me. I have not. I have not used one yet. I like when you look at me and we talk about you pooping. Uh, you have not used one? I have not. Well, next time, like, because you're at my house for the next, like, four or five days, next time you get the urge, I'm bring the alarm, and I will bring the, uh, bring the squatty potty to you. I like you. that. Can yeah. you bring me a newspaper as well? I'll bring you a newspaper. Well, who uses that. that in there? You can use an iPad. Well, before you interrupt me, <laughs> I was going to say, it says uh, 5 to 20 pounds of fecal matter are left in the digestive system day to day. So that kind of answers your question. Okay. That's... that's Awesome. So let's get that let's, let's get that poop out. Yeah, let's let's move on to the next awesome. topic. We could, we could we could go email us. We could pod- go down the drain with this one. Email us podcast at the alternative daily dot com. Subject line poop. 
and and in the email just tell me comments something you'd like to hear us t talk about um if you like dishner if you don't like dishner um your chances go up if you say that you don't like him and uh, yeah anything podcast at the alternative subject line poop and you will enter a win one of the five squatty potties that we're giving away this week awesome so the next topic that i actually want to talk about is something that both you and i are members of now uh, kind of kind of um voluntarily but you kind of get thrown into oh, it's it voluntarily it's, yeah it's fun yeah it's not kind of some people are, don't go into it voluntarily. well without a doubt we had that discussion yeah, last some night people don't go into it voluntarily some um, people don't handle it well some people don't handle it well. and that is the fraternity and sorority of parenthood and so um, matt has two beautiful children um that he left up in pennsylvania well you didn't leave them i didn't leave them. <laughs> you um uh, you they're 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 on a trip. To, they're, yes. they're on a trip to go see. Their they're with aunt they're with their mother. You didn't. Yes. I didn't. I, leave is a terrible word. You did not leave your family. Um, you just went on a sabbatical. Uh. They're on. They're in the care of my beautiful wife <laughs> and my parents. They're they're very good, and they're they're on a trip of their own to go see their aunt and uncle. So, and then I obviously have, as I discussed here multiple times, I have little Noah here, and um, it's been a game changer. Um, so as we went through our as we navigated our you know, our single bachelor life through college. And, you know, then we met the awesome women that we have now. Um, and then somehow impregnated them. And now we have kids. Um, it's literally been a game changer. Um, and I just actually want to jump right in and, and ask you, uh, it's a tough question, which is what, out of everything that's happened with having a kid, what has been the most frustrating uh and this is, I mean, because there's all this, because there are frustrations. There's all, there's tons of wins, but what actually, maybe not even frustrations, but it could say frustration or what's been like the biggest change that you were not ready for. Let's say frustration. That's fine. Okay, cool. Go for it. Balance. Uh, it, you have to balance everything in your life. So you're saying that you're, you were not balanced before, or was it just a different balance? When I say balance, um, it's a work, a work life balance, a social life balance. Um, there's always things you want to do. I'm a very, I'm a very active guy. I have a, a good group of friends. Um, and I think you'll know this. If, if one guy, uh, their, you know, their kids are out of town or something like that, he's looking for things to do. So he's calling around right. and when you answer the phone, you have your kids there, but he doesn't. Right. So it's, Hey, do you want to go have a beer or Hey, uh, I got tickets to the Eagles game. Right. Can you make it? You know, the balance of, before, before kids, uh, I had a, a very um, accepting wife. She was like, go for it. What a great opportunity. Yes. Um, and she said that every time. Now, um, I have to think about things. Right. Well, what, you know, so balance is the hardest part. And that's a part that some people don't get, I don't think. I don't think some people fully digest the fact that they can say no to things. Right. I have, I have friends that are always out their kids are always with sitters because yeah. they say yes to everything you want. Oh yes, we will. Oh yeah, we'll do that too. Um, we choose not to go down that road. Yeah. We, we like, we like to carry a, a pretty good balance. My wife is a, um, a business professional. She uh, has a very heavy workload, works about 60 hours a week. So we have to, you know, keep in mind of our time together so we can keep, right. so we can keep married, which is good. Um, and our time with our kids. Yeah. And still try to have a social life and have fun and be 32. Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, it was the similar thing, but I, I, I've always been honest about this, which has been the, I didn't realize how selfish I was because it's, 
because you're because you're really not selfish up until you have a baby because it's kind of like you said you know you, oh, you and your wife you do your thing doing your thing and Gina and I have a very we always have had a different type of relationship where uh, we don't do a lot of things together we kind of do our own things which is cool it works for us um, and so we've really never had to like depend on each other and then when we did when we had when we had Noah and we had it in a very traumatic way that it was just kind of we had to start relying on each other we you know it was like I actually needed her to be places she needed me to be places and that never happened with us before we just had a very I don't want to say like open, just kind of like from a sexual, but it was like a very just kind of like open thing of like, Gene, I'm going to go away for the weekend. Cool. Yep. Fine. You know, it was like, that was always fine, but now it's, it's different. And so it wasn't, I was selfish then, but I guess for me, I was still trying to be selfish after that, you know, for the first two years. And it's kind of, cause it's for me, it took me a while. It took me a while to really kind of say, you know, I got to really kind of, you know, stop being upset about not being able to go to this trip or that trip or, you know, I, now I just can't surf every day and everything. So, but you're three, you're three years in. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm two and a half years in at this point. Do you still have those same feelings? Not as, not as much. Um, just like situational, right? If someone calls you up and says, Hey Jake, I got a front row tickets to OAR this weekend. Right. Let's, can you go? But but yeah. Gina but Gina's out of town and you have Noah. Exactly. Right. And so that, then you're, that in, the, is, you're that, in the dilemma. What do I you know? No, what do I do? with something like that, that like I'm very good with like there's no way out. So I just gotta kinda put my head in do right. it. Right. But where my head where my entrepreneurial head starts kind of squirreling around is if I can find a way out. And so Right. Um but for me it's more so here's what really gets me more than anything. It's not even so much about trips. It's let's say uh, you know, if it's it's like on a Saturday or something like that. And let's say there's just good waves, but we have a ton of stuff planned for the day in my head. I'm out there surfing and, and that's bad because I'm not there with them. And that creates, you know, that creates anxiety that creates, you know, frustration and everything. My wife and I have that conversation a lot. Uh, being present, right. Being present's hard. Um, another thing you, know, you have to think about taking consideration and we're both very lucky in this is right now in our lives, we have more than we ever have had. And sure. I, I'm just thinking about opportunities, uh, monetarily wise, um, life wise, all kinds of things. So with that come those dilemmas because you're like, Hey, now I don't live in Virginia anymore. I live in West Palm beach, Florida. There's waves out there. Right. You know, I have a, I have a swimming pool back, but you know, we still have to go get Noah Right. school supplies no exactly or, you know whatever and, is that and, day. and that's and that was the big My thing because like when i came to like when i when i moved down here it opened up a whole world of like outdoor activities for me that i was doing however um when with we you know when we had when we had noah it wasn't we we tried to take her a lot of different places but as you know like it's very hard to do that some people were able to take their kids hiking and camping and their kids be fine ours was not like that you know we tried so hard to kind of get her to kind of do what we wanted to do. And it was so hard. You know, but the cool thing is, is I think we've had this conversation before and not to toot our own horns, but I think we do, you and I do a good job about it. But you, I think that we learned that from having good parents. Yeah, no, you, you absolutely do. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, getting into like the parents side of it, the parents of parents, um, you know, I, I've never really thought about it, you know, because you hear, you hear, politicians talk about how like parenting is important and all these different things. And I kind of, always always like blew it off, but it's so true. Right. I mean, the odds, the odds of somebody, if you have good parents, um, you know, the odds of the child, you know, being a productive member of society are higher. Not to say that if you have good parents, 
that they're not going to be productive because that it's all across the spectrum, right? Right. But it, you, as parents, you try to give your child the best. You you don't try and give them the worst. You try and give them the best. And so you try to do your best, right? We, there's we've talked about this before. There's no rules. There's, there's no rules. There's no right or wrong answer. There's no book. Um, you know, and it's just I mean, literally, it's so funny because we were just talking about this the other day. I was you know, I was taking note to school, and it's just something like I never thought you know ten years ago I'd be dealing with. You taking note to school, and she's saying the cutest thing back there. And then all of a sudden she starts crying because like the sun's in her eyes. And then she starts saying, you know, she says, dada, dada. And I look back and she just picked her nose. And she's got the biggest booger in her finger. And it's like so disgusting to me. And I'm just kind of like, you know, what do I do right now? It's like, I just got to gag and get it and flick it out the window. And it's like, that's what life is. But th- that is what life is. The stuff that you would never do before you don't think twice about. Right. I'd have ripped that booger right off, rolled down my window, flicked it right out and went, you know, wiped it on my pants and right. called it a day. Um, you you learn to clean up vomit. Oh my god! Poop, yeah. pee, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, you called me one morning and you said, "What? Wh- what are you doing this morning?" I was like, "Well, I'm dealing with poop. Both my kids have pooped. I walked the dog to poop, and I've pooped. That's the only thing I've done. It's 9:30 on a Saturday morning." And it's a it, it's it talked about this. It's it's a humbling thing too because you and I have very um, we have very strong. How do I say this? Uh, it, it, we're, 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 get, we're very headstrong in some things. I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go do it. I'm the best at it, blah, blah, blah. And then... You think you're the best at everything. Yeah, you do. I mean, I, we we no, couldn't agree more on Just it. you. Just me. Because <laughs> I am. Um, but it's good to have that kind of slap in the face, whether it's a diaper, whether it's poop, and just kind of like... Ugh. And I, I've told the story when... I keep saying that. Um, of when I started building the Alternative Daily... I was on a call with somebody talking about like a big advertising deal or something like that. And um, I'm talking to him and I had no way at the time because uh, Gina was out and I look over and she's kind of like walking on the floor and she's poop, poops coming through her diaper and she's like stepping in it and it's going everywhere. And so like, I'm trying to have this call. And so I pick her up, like try and take her to the bathtub, take the diaper off. And like, you know, I actually has to like shut the call off and like, can I call you back real quick? <laughs> then I come back outside and like the poop's now smeared. Lucy's like eaten half of it. And I literally, like, I just like was about to start crying and I was like, I don't know what to do in this situation. And it's funny because you can find ways to survive. And how I survived that was I actually had to call my dad. I was like, I don't know how I can keep Lucy from eating all this poop while keeping Noah safe. She wasn't in like the bathtub with water, but like Noah's in the tub. There's no water in there. I'm just trying to confine the poop. Can you come over and help me? And if he didn't come, I obviously would have found a way, but Lucy might have a belly full of even more poop at that point. But it's just like kind of like it puts you in situations and it's very, it's very parallel to entrepreneurialism, uh, entrepreneurship, I should say, uh, which is you get put in situations where you're like, how the hell, how the hell did I get into this right now? And, and how am I going to get and out? How, where's the answer? And when you, when you, ha- when you own your own business and then when you're doing stuff like that, like there's no manual. I wasn't passed down a manual for this. But I think that's one of the things that you do a really good job at now. You have grown a successful business and I did a terrible job of that. You, you might have did a terrible job at, and fumbled your way through it, but now you've gotten to it. And we have some friends that are you know, starting up their own companies, and you'll take calls with them, and you'll just be a sounding board for them. So, I mean, I think it's one of the things that you're kind of doing the same thing. It's not parenting, but the 20-year-old Jake wouldn't have taken two hours out of his day to talk to someone about their business right. when you had business that you needed to take care of. Right. So I think parenting changes that. It I mean, does, I think it it's like you're not parenting, you know, our, our friend who's a year older than us. But 
Hello, Mark Conley. He listens. Hey, Mark. You're not, you're not parenting, Mark, but the skills that you learn as being a parent help translate into what you're doing with, with other people. It's, I would say it's, and I was talking to Gina's dad, who's a very successful um, businessman, and I was telling him, I was like, the only thing I could really, really, um, you know, because parenting is like uh, unlike any other thing that you experience in life, uh, but the most thing it's closest for is literally just like running your own business because, you know, it, it's, you know, sometimes shit hits the fan and you have to clean it up or call somebody to help or, but there's no, like there's literally no manual. You literally, it's, you're kind of what we like to call like a reluctant leader. You, you, you want to do it, you want to execute, but you're, at times you're like, I don't really don't want to clean this shit up, but I have to, nobody else is going to do it. Right. And so it's, um, and I it, think that's a stopping point for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it, whether it is having babies, um, but, he, but then even if they do have babies and they realize that they can't deal with that, that's when bad things happen. You know, they leave, you know what, they can't, you know, they can't deal with it. It certainly will test your marriage. It hundred percent test your marriage. But here's what I, th- if I had to say like the number one best thing that I have learned, if I could give like one piece of advice for like a new dad, uh, a new mom, if you're pregnant, etc., the best advice is to talk to somebody, have somebody just to talk to vent it out. I mean, cause you could say like, I just wanted to punch a hole through the wall. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. And just by talking to somebody about it just makes it so much better. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you which diapers to get. I'm not going to tell you which car seat to get. The best advice is just to uh, talk to somebody. Right. Um, so, that's yeah. And I think that uh, you and I talk about this daily. I think sometimes we're our sounding boards for each other on being a parent and things like that. But I can tell you that the only good thing that I can think of that I've ever done in my life is be a dad. Did we say that again? I could probably tell you that the only good thing that I've ever really done in my life is be a dad. Ah. I think that's the best thing I've ever done. Look at you. That's good. Yeah. You're good at it. You're good at it. When your kids are around, they're good kids. They're not putting holes in my screens, as yeah. some kids have done. Um, and you know what? You're, you're, you, guys are, you guys have a good balance. You guys have a really, really good balance. You guys have found a good balance that works for you too, which is absolutely... Um, uh, one of the most important things to do. Uh, but as we, as we were kind of discussing what we were going to talk about this topic, uh, we both come from, uh, we're both very fortunate. We had both of our parents um, in our lives. They're both still alive and well. Um, but the one thing I wanted to ask you, which was, and they did a good job, right? You know, here we are. They Great did a good job. job. Yeah. What is one thing that you would do differently though for, to your kids? Not, just, not to you. But for your kids, what is one thing that you would do that you are or are going to do differently to your kids that your parents did to you? I'm pretty sure, um, and we've, we've talked about this, so I think the conclusion I've come up to is give them, not opportunities, because I had, I was, I'm an only child. I had every opportunity that you possibly could have. But uh, I don't remember a lot of cultural, cultural enrichment stuff, uh, a lot of parks, a lot of... Um, events arts music um, we try to have a lot of music on in the house yeah. Yeah. Um, but then again I don't remember back to when I was three right but you know I like to take my kids to the park uh, take them hiking yeah um, have them you know interactive with with things they've traveled yeah um, my kids are probably as well traveled as some 25 year olds yes um, I know that you always laugh you're like you're really taking your kids on a plane both I'm like them. yeah we are you, you do it well. We're, we're going to handle this somehow. You do it well. You know, they've been down uh, to Florida a few times. Um, you know, I think my kids have been in almost 10 states probably. Yeah. 
No, that's good. And I, it's as I was kind of thinking about it too. It's kind of similar, which was, you know, and again, my parents they they did everything that they could, right? And I, I can see it now. If if either of our parents listen to this, like, oh my God, we did everything we could for you. I'm gonna and, get yelled at. Yeah, I'm gonna get yelled at too. Yeah, and, I still, and, and, I, and I still get scared about that. Um, but it is just kind of like opening up to more things. Like I, I would say most my big thing was, and my parents. I mean, even though they were soccer parents and, oh, and sports parents, soccer parents, big like my parents were the soccer yeah, parents. My parents, you know, even when they go see my niece play, you know, they're they're screaming, and that's their way of showing their affection. That's their way of showing their support. Um, I I, I want to get Noah, and I, I've talked to you about this too. Like, I'm I'm not being on doing mean, mainstream things. So like, I don't want her to be if she unless she want like I want her to be whatever she wants to be. But and so I want to expose her to other things that aren't your typical, you know. Soccer, basketball, baseball, softball, whatever. Just kind of do what everybody else is doing. Um, I want to expose her to, you know, sw- like we swim. Like, she's an awesome swimmer. We've done that. Um, we've talked about that before in the podcast. I love that she she's an awesome swimmer. She, she's great. Um, she loves the ocean. She loves the beach. Um, and, you know, exposing her to things like that, whether it is hiking. Now, she's in this girly phase right now, which I'm going to completely admit. I'm just like... I don't know how to deal with this. I, I don't know where it's coming from. I have an idea where it's coming from. I think it's coming from her aunts who love to, you know, paint toenail polish and everything. And by the way, the ants go against any type of stereotype that you think they're all into the girly stuff. And so, um, and I love it. They're so great with her. So they paint toenails. The other day we were out, um, we went to go get something to eat and Gina took her to her store. Noah wanted to get some pink high heels. And I just was like, Oh my God. But I have to, it's one of the things you got to keep in check. Like, it's not like we buy her everything she asked for, but I'm exposing her to things. So it's like, if you want to try on the high heels, go for it. And it's very hard for me to say that because I'm like, maybe we shouldn't give those to her because, you know, we don't want to expose her to that. But then I was just the thing I want to be, I want her to try everything. Well, I did help Noah get out the door this morning and grab the pink pair of sneakers she was looking sneakers. for, but they were the wrong yeah. pink tennis shoes. See, see there's a problem. There, there's, there was another pair of pink yeah. tennis shoes that I was supposed to give to her that I didn't know about. Yeah. And she let me know. Yeah. Oh, she does let you know. That's, see, that's, that's where it goes awry is when you, um, you give them too many options, I guess. I don't know. I, again, there's no manual on this stuff. I mean, I'm, no. I'm literally shooting in the dark. Um, so, you know, same thing. And you didn't grow up in a house with two pink frilly girls. No, both my sisters, very active, you know, and, awesome athletes and would, you know, and would never really wear high heels during, you know, in the house and stuff like that. But like no is, and she's like walking around with purse and it's, it's cute. You know, it's really cute, but I also have to kind of, t- I want to say, you know what, let's go. Cause she, but she will on, uh, and she'll grab one of those fishing rods and she'll go fishing with me too, which is really cool. So I'm just, I gotta be, I think every dad wants to kind of have that little rough and tough, I don't even say boy or girl, but just like little rough and tough thing that wants to do everything that they do. But I'm trying to be very careful about that. And my parents were good about that, but it was just more of a, they exposed us to sports and I want to open it up more. Yeah. I mean, w- one of my really good buddies in Pennsylvania has two girls and his wife is the cheerleading coach. And he's like, you know what? My daughter's going to be on the four wheeler. She's going to go up to hunting camp with me. Yeah. You know, she's going to be exposed to this stuff. She can, she can cheerlead and, She's a cute little blonde. She's going to be a little cheerleader. But, you know, he wants to make sure she's out there four-wheeling. That's so She funny. can put on camo, you know, play sports. She's in, you know, soccer shots, a little, you know, playing sports already. So it is, it's a hard balance. Um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have a boy and a girl, so. You are? Are you guys done? I, yeah, we're done. You, uh, that's, you are done. That, you, that's you're a fun, making this official. That's a, that's a funny question. I am going to make this official. Um, it's Did always a funny question. No, I didn't. Will you do that? I will, Yeah. I'm going to do the same thing that all guys do that like sports, you know, around, uh, 
either the Masters or uh, the Final Four when there's you know three or four days of straight sports on. Go do it. That's not what every guy does. Well, I don't I, watch that. I'm pretty sure. Every guy except me. Every guy that likes sports. I did. I did. I did make that note. So what happens is you go in and get snipped, and then you're going to kind of be sore for the next couple of days. So you're yeah, kind of so you're, you're, you're kind of bedridden. You're, you're on the couch with some I ice. Have a, I have a friend. So you could do it around like the World Surfing Championships. I probably won't get a vasectomy. Really? Yeah. I will. I don't think so. I don't know. Um, I, I'm going to. Um, and the, the cruel reality and the blunt answer is um, when our kids get a little bit older and we make sure that things are good and it's definitely time that we're not going to do it, I'll do it. But if... God forbid something would ever happen. I want the opportunity you to, know, to reproduce. To reproduce again. I get that. I know, and, I, and I realize that it's reversible. And So I had a friend. And, and, th- and things are great, but I'd, rather not, uh, I had a I'd rather not go through that and then go through it again. One of our good friends here um, had a child and he said, we just want one and done. Had, 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 she's awesome. Uh, and and uh, they, had, they had a baby. Um, and then he had the vasectomy. And the things didn't work out for the parents. They're still very good friends, but decided that they would make better uh, make better parents and friends as opposed to husband and wife. And then he met his current wife, who's awesome, uh, and she wanted kids. He had to go get it reversed. Yeah. And he said, I hear that's he said, more painful. It, he said, than getting it, yeah. it snipped, getting vasectomy, getting vasectomy was, you know, he was like, you were in and out 15, 20 minutes, and he was like, a little bit of pain. He was fine. He was like, getting it reversed was absolutely terrible. And so he's, and so I was like, are we getting another one? He was like, He's like, we're definitely gonna have another kid. I don't know. He's like, and so we've kind of been talking about whether he's gonna get another one or not. But um, I don't know. I think I think you guys. I think you guys should add like two or three more. My, uh, you should do I it. I think in a, in a perfect world, my wife would love to have three, like three or three children. or four kids. We both love kids too. I mean, we'll, we're right. the, we're the first ones to grab um, our our friends' babies and hold them when when we're together at parties and stuff like that. But the reality is, is you have to be a good parent, right? And. and I always use a sports thing, you know. You love sports. Right now, we're playing one-on-one defense. One-on-one defense. And if we go to a zone, and you know, she goes right, and I go left, and then one goes shooting up the middle to touchdown. Like I've heard, you know, like, I've heard I don't that do two that. is two is obviously two is a lot, but when you're outnumbered, when you got three now, it's just like my my sister-in-law has three, and they're they're great, and she does a great job parenting them, but the troubles. Of, of having three kids. Oh and, oh, and you have to get a minivan. I don't want to get a minivan. They're not terrible. You, you 100% They're not have terrible. To have a They're not terrible. Um, my best, one of my best friends, other than you, uh, uh, that I grew up with in, in Newport News, um, he has three kids. And I went over there. It was like around, it was like earlier this year. He's got three, he just like had like a brand new baby. And his wife was out. So it was just him versus these three girls. Three girls. Him verse three. And so I was over there talking and our conversations were like spurts of like 10 seconds. We talk like this and then like something would happen. And then just like, and so we were trying to have a conversation. And then I just remember like sitting like these these like pillars in their house. And I was kind of like backing up to her one or a column. You could say I was backing up, just kind of talking to him. And his daughter came up to me. Like getting yourself out of the situation, like backing out. (laughs) His daughter came up to me and just like looked at me like this. And then just reached out and just grabbed me right in the man parts and just held it right there and just looked at me. And I looked at Adam and I was like, I don't know. I don't know the laws. I don't know what I'm allowed to do to swipe her hand. I was like, can you just over here? Somebody just look over here. She's grabbing me right now. And so can he, we please have a parent over here. please? <laughs> and so uh, he obviously she yeah, he got her off me. Uh, but it was funny because like there was like just kids everywhere. Um, so. Interesting, yeah. So, th- so that's that's our parenting talk for for this week. Um, 
but we're gonna we're gonna do one last segment, um, which is it's funny. This is a, this is a question that we got, um, uh, and it was perfect for you and I. Um, and this is a question from Athena Roke, um, and Athena asks one topic she wants to hear about is how can I stay healthy when I go out with friends, alcoholic drinks, do's and don'ts of the night and <laughs> of the night of and night before without feeling crummy the next day. Um, so. I mean, the, the really black and white easy answer is the best way to feel good the next day is just to not drink the night before. I mean, that's science, right? Or moderation. Um, but you're, what I have found, so obviously in college there, you know, Dish and I, we're, funny enough, if you're listening to this and you knew us, this is very tame for us. Uh, but if in college, if, if this was, you know, 13 years ago, this would be a completely different story. If this was 13 years ago and we hadn't seen each other for a year, we would have beers cracked open right now. Yes. And it would probably involve a lot more cussing. Yeah, and, and, but, and also, I also want to make a complete you know, disclaimer too that you're a bad weed smoker too. I'm not alone in this. You, you, oh, I was, I was, yeah, I'm the worst. You're the worst. Um, we, we, we've, we've talked about this plenty yeah. of times. I, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know if your uh, employer is uh, listening to this. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I, haven't, I, I honestly <laughs> haven't smoked since uh, the first semester of my senior year. Yeah. So um, I'm pretty, but you're as I'm, bad as I'm I was. I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, I was horrible. And our other roommate, which we, we talked get, about a couple of times. If you get fired, you can come do this every day. The same guy that was really good at smoking cigarettes was really good at smoking weed. Yeah, funny so enough. If, um, we were, uh, if we were ever around him, we basically just took ourselves out of the situation. So, so the, weed smo- the weed smokers, as I like to call them, tell me that there's no hangover the next day. Um, but the, when it comes to us, like what I'd so in college, I mean, it was for us, it was literally just, it was literally a four year party. I mean, it was just continuing it going and just, yeah, if I felt bad, it was just like another cracking open another beer. Well, we were eight. We were eighteen years old. Yeah, it was a completely. I don't want to say it was a different time, but I mean, it was like a social experiment, and right. we lived to talk about it. And some people don't live to talk about it. Um, but here's we talked about this, which was for my my transgression was um, so college. You know, we drank a lot every single day. I mean, and when we were talking about a lot, we were talking like twelve to eighteen beers easily. Yeah, easy. easily. Um, and then we kind of graduate. And then you can and, and cheap beers. Yeah, these weren't old these. Milwaukee light. Yeah, or natural light. And so then we graduate. Funny enough, we just talked about a story about we won't name names, but there was somebody, uh, one of our friends, who who held the century record. And we I remember being like, "What's the century record?" And like, he drank a hundred beers in a weekend. And at first, you're kind of thinking like, "Oh, okay." And then you yeah, actually I, I do can, that. I can do this if you do that math. That's if you if you count Friday. I, I believe they counted Friday because we did ask. That's thirty three point three beers a day. A day, and that's that's averaging you know a little over one beer an he, hour. He was kind of a bigger dude. I'd, yeah, I'd say he was like <laughs> like six two. And so we, I pounds. even asked you the same question now. It was like, do you think that you could do a hundred? Do you think you could do that now? And both of us are like, no. No, we talked we talked about this last could night. Could you do? Could you do it? Could you do a hundred beers in a week? No, I don't think I. I don't think I could. What did we decide that came out? That we're, this is our college education coming out. And Fourteen. We, yeah, that's what. Yeah, good good remember. Fourteen. Fourteen, uh, beers. Fourteen beers a day for a week. I, I would. I would say. Two weeks at seven beers a day would, that, yeah. would, st- would still be hard to do. Maybe if you're doing the Coors Light, right? If oh, Coors, like Coors Lights, but eventually I would just be over it, you know, because if we're well, you're not doing if it we're not health. if we're not in co- if we're not in college, what's the point? If, of doing you know, it? if we're not in college and you know we don't and you have meetings to go yeah, to. if we have meetings to go to and two kids running around and yeah. you know swim lessons on Thursdays I think you could do it and two things weeks. like that. I think you could do it in two weeks. I could if we're doing if we're doing Coors, Coors Light. Lights. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're talking about so, what you and I, if we're talking about alcohol here, you and I like to drink IPAs. We yeah. enjoy like it's having more, two or right three, now it's more seven to eight percent alcohol beers. Yeah. 
Now you're a man if you could do that. A hundred of those. That's crazy. Oh, wow. So, so we, so I'll we, jump. Let me, I'll jump, well, hold on. On. I'll from, jump from, on this from, from, okay, go for it. You want to uh, take it? Well, no, I'll, I'll jump on, on an answer for, um, I was going to say from college, we drank for a lot. Then from after that, we graduated and moved to our, you know, you moved to Pennsylvania. I moved to Florida and then it kind of went from 12 to 18 beers a night um, to, I'll be honest with, with me. Like it got to a point where I was like, you know, six beers a night, six beers a night. It's a lot. And people call it, you know, and it, if you want to, you know, you can call it whatever you want to label it. Yeah, I, I guess on the scale, if, you're, if there's a doctor here, he would be talking to you about alcoholism. Sure. But, it's not. Um, but that dropped down and it kept dropping down and until like now where it's like, I enjoy like a good beer with dinner. I, I, I drink it not to get drunk. I drink it because I actually enjoy the flavor that comes out of it. And you, you enjoy a $15 six pack. Where yeah. You used to enjoy a $15 30 pack. Right, exactly. Um, and I think that makes a big difference. One of the tips um, that, I that I would give you, um, Athena, would be what are you drinking and what are you mixing? If you like rum and Cokes, the sugar that's in the Coke and the sugars that are in the alcohol are going to, are going to help the hangover even worse. Um, if you take away the mixer, the Coke or whatever it is you, you do and just have the liquor on the rocks. That's true. If you're good, like you said, if the whole thing is, if you're going to do this, if you're, right? if you're, yeah, We're if you're going to do this, do this and yeah. then, and then I'm, I'm going to assume that, um, you're not having a bottom of the shelf liquor as well. So if you're gonna have because uh, a lot say, of the bottom of the shelf, a lot of the bottom shelf liquors actually have a lot of sugar. They have in sugars them. and they're not filtered correctly, and they're they're just not as good for you as other ones. Right. So if you're gonna have, um, let's say a vodka, don't buy the gallon plastic bottle of Vlad Vladimir. Vladimir. Um, um, one of the know, have, have a Tito's. Get a, get a potato vodka is actually one of the better ones. It is, yeah, um, potato vodka or you know uh, a Tito's or something that's small batch made, not massively produced um another good one actually is tequila it's funny enough is actually tequila and that's been your yes so your drink of but choice you, lately it's it's not i'm not drinking it every day because uh, because tequila can be something that if you drink a lot of it you're going to fight the person next to you right uh, but if if it, i sip on it that's only like el sol with the sombrero <laughs> I, I i sip on it like on the rocks and it's like you know like one little like shot but poured over the rocks um but the, you know if the, here's the deal with tequila is you got to make sure it's a hundred percent, um, uh, agave. And you also have to make sure that it's, you know, made in Mexico. That's like true tequila. Uh, and it, the, the reality is the higher dollar, the best is, it is, is yeah. for you. Um, and so, so tequila is actually one of the better ones, but go ahead. Uh, mixing in a water or two throughout the night. Water um, per drink is the best thing. Yeah. And, and if you can't do that, you know, water per three, or if you have, six drinks if you can have one Jesus. water one water in there you know it'll help when was the last time you had six plus drinks uh, last weekend <laughs> you went to a football game i went to a football um, game. so but here's like here's kind of like the more philosophical answer i think um which is actually good it's what i live by which is i like my i have found like my range that i feel completely 100 percent fine the next day and i'm not like and i'm just you know i'm feeling good um, is for me personally, and you got I'm all about testing on your body. F anywhere from like one to three beers, I'm perfect, right? And again, I'm not driving or anything. I'm just hanging out at home, you know, just doing whatever. Um, one to three, I'm perfect. And that's not, I'm not saying that I got to do that every single night, but one to three, you kind of have this, you know, it, it's good. I found that once I go to four, the next day I can feel it. 
um you know if i have two i'm awesome you know like last night even we just i just had two beers with you um and it was late at night and i felt awesome this morning once i hit that and this is just for my for the high octane ipas that i drink once i kind of hit yeah you know that the four that type of thing i start to feel a little bit not right sometimes when the fourth beer hits the switch gets flipped and the four can turn into five that is true that is true yeah we're three your switch is not with that, with that kind of that, that demon comes out and yeah. was like you can do one more. I can have one more. Um, I'm not. I'm not there yet. The the yeah. So and, you, and find what? find find like your find your your balance. And so like even when you and I talk about this, like if we're going to an event, if you're going to a place where it's going to be heavy, um, and, you know, and it's going to be like it's like a party, right? You know, it find you got to find your balance. Like I. I'm actually good about this. Now. I was terrible about, terrible about it in my younger years, but pacing myself and just saying, you know what? I'm going to have one. I'm going to nurse it for a little bit. I'll have another one. I'll nurse it for a little bit. And then we'll kind of like wrap it up and see you on the other hand. Yeah. I look can, at it. I look at a different approach. You do. I, I can, uh, I can pull out my calendar right now and, uh, look at the events <laughs> that I have coming up and know exactly how many beers you're going to have. And, yeah. And, and kind of dictate, in my head already, how many beers I'll have or uh, glasses of wine or, or whatnot and yeah. how I'll feel and what, and what kind of alcohol it'll be and what, and however, yeah. um, if I'm at a football game and I'm, I'm tailgating, I'm going to have more than the three or four beers, but they're going to be Coors Lights. And I've been drinking Coors Lights since I was 17 years old. I know how many Coors Lights I can drink and get away with it the next morning. But it's different now that we have kids. It is different now, and it's because <laughs> you know who's not hungover. Yeah, the kids. My, kids. <laughs> my kids have never been hungover. My my kids get more hype the more I'm hungover. I believe. Oh my god. Um. So Athena, that's an. Well, I think we should talk oh, about a little bit what you could go do the, for it. The, What you could do the next day. Oh, I haven't found like the only thing I've actually found, and maybe you have something. I found like going for a run. Yeah, going like uh, going for a run, sweating it out. It's not going to fix it completely, but no. at least it helps your psyche. Matt and I both have crazy anxiety if we if we're hungover. Um, and, and that's the worst for me. Um, but I, um, I haven't found like that hangover cure or whatever. A good run and a cold shower. Yes. Just cold shower. You know, and not it's coffee. Not, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to get you back to where you want to no, be. It's not get, you know, get the electrolytes in, uh, you know, you'll do, PD, if, you'll if, drink your kids. PD. I'll drink, I'll drink. A, I haven't found that that actually works. I'll drink a Pedialyte. It helps for me. Um, there's also these electrolyte pills that you can buy at a, a GNC. Okay. Um, that they, they get, so they give these to athletes, um, during a warm weather training. Yeah. Um, it's just an, an, it's just all electrolytes. Maybe that's what you needed today. I might've needed one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I haven't found anything that works. Like honestly, I guess from just like a mental standpoint, cause people say, you know, don't have a hair of the dog. Uh, and I'm not talking about you're like, it's the next day you're throwing up. I'm talking like if you're feeling off, like, cause if you're throwing up the next day, I got bad news. It, it's not gonna be a good day. The hair right? of the dog leads you down a, a very dark road. Possibly, It, it could, it really could. But what because, it can, cause when do you stop that? Because the hair of the dog might actually help with the anxiety though. And if that helps with the anxiety, it calms the anxiety. Maybe it gets you into a sleep for another two or three hours that you can rest up and just pass the time. And then, you know, and feel better in the afternoon. I mean, these are all things that we've tried literally every single, and, but nothing, nothing was like, oh, you know what? That fixed it. I'm good. No. Yeah. There's, there's, not, I had people that would say, you know, smoking weed, you know, that's the best hangover cure and bullshit. Bullshit. I, <laughs> it would just make me just incapacitated. Let's develop that. That's a get rich quick right there. Some that, people the have tried anti-hangover. There's, cool. yeah, that'd be great. I don't know. There's, there's some people that actually, there's a couple things out there that if you take these pills with the, uh, the chaser. Yeah. I tried that. And what, I, like it was years ago when it first came out, Did it work? you know, I, th- I was like, thought the gods had come down. Oh, 
No, it, no. It, what it does is it m- gives you the like the worst stomach the next day. Oh, like your stomach just hurts. That's awesome. Yeah, so whatever goes in your body can't be good. Yeah, I think the best is water after every drink, finding your balance where you're feeling good, but you know that you're not going to be you know, um, worthless the next day. And um, Embrace it. And then you just, you, sometimes you got to roll with it and just say, I'm going to be an ang- ball of anxiety for the rest of the day. I'm just going to make it through it. Oh, man. Um, so that's our, that's our tips. That's our tips um, on how to. Um, yeah, don't drink, the, don't drink the shitty, you know, liquors and. Gross. Yeah, it, if you're going to have a drink, you know, <laughs> just throw that anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, if you're going to have a drink, you know, make it worth your while. Have a good one. Have one or two. Don't drive. Yeah. Be responsible. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it. Um, and you know what, Athena? I'm actually going to send you a... Um, even though I said don't drink coffee for a hangover, I'll send you a free bag of coffee. Yeah, Lucy's Brew. I had some yeah, this morning. It's good. Delicious. It, yeah, I found that that does not help my hangover no, at, not all. at all. I mean, not hurt my... I mean, that... Yeah, it doesn't help the hangover. It's um, It just makes it worse. No, the ca- the caffeine doesn't help. It does help for some people, though. Apparently, not me. Um, Has so anyone th- ever noticed that Jake only plays OAR songs when he's, he's on here? This one's kind of like a version of Steer It Up by Bob Marley. So this is the part of the podcast where Megan Newsy tells us where um, you can find The Alternative Daily. Well, you can find us at www.thealternativedaily. <laughs> By the way, nobody says, nobody says www Okay, anymore. fine. It's just <laughs> thealternativedaily.com. Um, look for us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on You've Pinterest. Pra- have you been practicing this in front of a mirror? I haven't. I haven't. I just, uh, I'm a big fan, you know? What can I say? Well, I- uh, and, and Megan, thank you. I'm very honored to, uh, to share your seat here. I don't think I did as good a job as you did. Um, and I'm sure your the audience will probably agree with that. But uh, thanks for the opportunity. Awesome, awesome. Well, guys, thank you very much. Uh, remember, email us at podcast at thealternativedaily.com. Baba Booey. To get a email us at podcast at thealternativedaily.com. Subject line poop um, to enter to win one squad, one of the five squatty potties that we're going to be giving away. And um, that's going to do it for us. Thanks, Jake. Nope. I appreciate it. Oh, here's the here's the part where I play us out. Let's go. Steer it up. Ooh. Ooh, darling. Steer it up. This is where we take bong hits. I, my day would be over. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you.